All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the WMA podcast. Got a very special episode today. Um, got a colleague of mine, somebody who I've had the pleasure of working with and I've uh, really been inspired by, somebody I admire and greatly respect, my friend Oscar Gardner. Oscar, welcome to the WMA podcast. Thank you, bro. You're, you're, you're too kind, Justin. Uh, it's, it's happy. It's, it's happy feeling to be here. Um, listen to almost every episode we've put out. And uh, I don't know, this is like the best product to come out of WMA. So to be a part of it, to leave my stamp on it before I graduate, it's, it's a good feeling. Hey, Oscar, that means a lot, man. Thank you. Thank you. It's a, yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on here, man. So let's, let's kick it off. Can you just uh, give us uh, you know, a little bit about your background, your name, where'd you graduate and how you ended up here uh, at Michigan State? Sure. Yeah. So Oscar Lee Garner III, uh, come from a long line of people named Oscar. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm class of 2021, Michigan State, uh, Broad College of Business, finance degree. So um, yeah, how, how I ended up at Michigan State, I always was green and white. I, as long as I can remember um, watching basketball, football, uh, my dad rooted for green and white. This is what it was. I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine going to Michigan. So um, I applied to Michigan State coming out of high school. I couldn't afford to come here at first. So I actually did my freshman year at Central Michigan and then transferred here uh, my sophomore year uh, on scholarship. So ever since then, it's been, you know, it's been great from coming in here sophomore year to really closing it out. Uh, I think this is having this podcast right now at kind of the, I guess the apex of like everything, everything's coming together, you know, everything that is leading up to this final, final couple moments in this college career. Uh, it's going to be a good time to reflect over this interview. That's awesome. And dude, I'm so glad to hear that. So um, leading up here, I know we're both seniors. So how do I guess you want to, what, what are your future plans, man, after senior year? What, what do you got planned for after we graduate here in May? Sure. So uh, short term, um, I think everything's kind of laid out from, from here until 2022, 23, no, yeah, until 2023, uh, I'll be working at Raymond James, getting, you know, getting my licensing together and really learning the ins and outs of the industry, wealth management industry, um, and figuring out, getting exposed to some different things, networking, meeting people, and really cementing myself, knowing that this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be a part of. Um, I think I have a great opportunity to be in a different community. Uh, I'll be moving to uh, Tampa, Florida, um, coming. Uh, actually, we're starting virtual at first. I just got that email today. So we'll be starting virtual, but I'll be moving to Tampa at some time this year. Um, so in the short term, just looking to get exposed to the industry. Um, never had a finance internship, actually. So this will be my first on the clock, on the job, getting finance reps. Uh, so I look forward to that. I think from from the midterm, you know, I have certain involvements outside of the finance. It's outside of the professional sphere that are are inspiring me to just learn and just um, grow. You know, I have of course my licenses that I'm getting together, but uh, you know, I'm involved with the Evan Scholarship, and that's a that's a lifelong kind of fraternity type organization that you know I'll be looking to establish relationships with and that's going to keep me going professionally and and socially as well 
Um, but looking to kind of establish, you know, along that medium term, like five years, I, I'm looking to establish my investments, get that retirement fund going, you know, do all those things that she still has, has told us to do for the past uh, year and a half. So um, yeah, just looking to, to get that stuff together. And then past that, I really want to uh, start my own firm. I really want to, you know, if anybody knows Stephanie Trexler, I want to go the, the golden goose route. I really want to get my, get my, um, get my, all my certifications together, get the CFP and uh, really run my own shop. So that is, that's definitely the goal before, you know, we hit 30. So I, I think that's very achievable. Uh, but yeah, that's what I, that's what I've got planned coming up. Dude, that's exciting, man. This is the first I've heard you want to start your own firm, dude. That is very cool. I want to do we got to I know we're going to keep in touch, man. So big, I'm big things, man. That's exciting. Um, so I got like, I got two questions, I guess, wrapped into one is so you mentioned um, Raymond James and how you didn't have a finance internship, man. So do you mind like, how did that happen, dude? I know that there's a lot of people at Michigan State, especially in the virtual environment who've like had difficulties, man. It's been challenging for them to find an internship through no fault of their own. So, so how did you land this great job, man, without having an official internship? And um, what licenses too are you working on right now as a student? Sure. So I'll answer the licenses first. As a part of my job, I have to get the SIE um, on the job. I'm required to get it once I start. I thought it'd be a great idea to, to just get that out of the way now. I did not know when I said that and I committed to it, I did not know what I was signing up for. Uh, it's definitely a rough exam uh, that I've been working on since Christmas break. And my exam is the 26th um, of this month. So right now I'm in the final stages of just studying, going over preparation exams. But for those who don't know, the SIE is the Securities Industry Essentials exam. Um, this is basically what they would call the prerequisites. If, if you're familiar with Broad, you have to take, you know, your, your CSE and all that other stuff before you get into Broad. This is basically before you can get established with FINRA, which is our regulatory body for um, financial services. Before you get established with them, you take the SIE. It allows you uh, to get basically the pre-knowledge, the, 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 the foundation of knowledge you need to be in the securities industry. Um, so it covers everything from uh, equity, debt, uh, regulations. Um, right now, I'm looking over the information for money laundering. It teaches you how to how to spot money laundering, which is I did not think I would get to that. But um, yeah, interest, risk, all that stuff. So it's a it's a it's a pretty expansive exam, but it's it's sort of like the CFP where it's it's wide, but it's not deep. Um, so that's what I'm working on licenses and of course i got to get the series seven and the uh um i think it's the 66 um but that's a little bit later down the road uh to answer the other question you know how did i land this job you know i can honestly say it feels as if looking back on it it feels as if every planet in the solar system had to line up for this to happen um and it was like i was always in the right place at the right time um, but I was just, I had gotten to a point junior year, literally a year ago from like now, which is crazy. Like this is, I think this was a year ago from today is when we got kicked off campus. This is it. So Pretty much, yeah. yeah, this is, I think it's a year ago from like this week. Um, but it was around this time that I had met professor. She still, 
Uh, I had not gotten any luck getting a finance internship going into my junior summer. Um, and I met him. He came to speak at Finance 311 before everything got shut down. And he talked about the CFP program, talked about the wealth management program. And I always said, you know, I want to get into some sort of portfolio management. I want to work with people's money. I want to work with people's wealth. Um, and he was speaking the gospel. Like it was exactly what I wanted to hear. And immediately, as soon as class was over, I was the first person in line to go talk to him. And his relationship helped me uh, get exposed to the FPA. So then with, and then uh, he also just told me about going to network. I think uh, there was a, there was a bro networking like spring event where like it wasn't a lot of hiring, but it was mostly just like, hey, if you need something, we'll put your resume on file. I met Raymond James there. So I met Raymond James there and they had an operations internship in Southfield. And I'm like, look, I just want to get in the door. If it's operations, whatever, I'll network my way to the next thing. I applied. I got to the second round because of COVID. They shut the program down. So I'm like, dang, couldn't get that. Um, so I'm kind of, I had another internship, but it wasn't in finance at all. It was actually a sales job with a company called Altria. So it was like, I was working a nine to five with them virtually over the summer. But before I got to the summer, I heard that the FPA was putting on a finance externship program. And it basically was a wealth management boot camp, um, in so many words. So the way it was set up, it was an eight-week program, self-led. They put out their FPA, put out their own content, um, and it was free of charge. I was able to watch videos, do exercises, and basically work at my own pace for eight weeks. And as long as I turned in the assignments on time and completed everything, um, they gave me a certificate of completion. And I actually have 160 hours towards my CFP as of right now. Wow. So um that experience was a like that was like the golden ticket on my resume that was something I could actually put on there and say hey I've done the work I didn't even, I didn't even get paid to do the work I actually was working another job while I was doing this because that that program overlapped with my internship that I was working so I did that over the summer and I get to what was it? We get to early August and that's when she still starts sending out the emails about, you know, different jobs. He sends out the Vanguard job. I applied for that. Um, we stayed in contact, sent out a couple other jobs. I, I applied for those. And this is where the stars, this is where the stars align, Justin, because I honestly cannot make this up. I had applied for this job that I have now with Raymond James. I applied for it. They did not get back to me. They never emailed me back. Raymond James comes to speak at the WMA event, at a WMA meeting, and I'm on the news team, and I do my story. The, the recruiter that I spoke to back before COVID was there, along with another advisor. I guess she still had my resume or the updated version. So I, I never gave it to her specifically. I don't know how she got it, but she had my resume, talked to that advisor, the advisor reached out to me literally like 20 minutes after the meeting was over, emailed me. He was like, Hey, heard about you through April Wingate. We should talk. So we talked, he was like, there's, there's a trainee opportunity in Birmingham, Michigan. So he was like, I, you need to call the head honcho of the Birmingham office. So I called him, 
called him again, called him again, got to him. Finally, he was like, we're not hiring for that until the spring. Well, at that time I had the Vanguard offer and I'm like, I have to decide, I have to decide on Vanguard within like a week or two. And then he's like, all right, you know, no love lost, stay in contact. I'm like, all right, cool. 30 minutes later, the Tampa headquarters office, Raymond James calls me and they're like, can you, can you come in for the ADP finance interview? It's in two days. Like, can, can you, can you uh, get on Zoom for that? It's in two days. And I mean, I don't want to assume because he didn't say that he put a word in for me, but I have to assume that he called somebody and somebody called me. Um, so it was like, I honestly think it was like being at the right place at the right time and having my resume ready was just like all came together and I interviewed, we had a great interview. I still talk to the people I interviewed like every couple of months, we stay in contact. And I think I got offered the job maybe like, I told them, I interviewed on Friday, I told them I had to decide by Monday. They got to me like Saturday morning. Wow. So I was like, hey, that's it. So from there on in, I I was locked in by mid-October, I think. from here on out, I've just been waiting to graduate so we can get started. Nice, man. Dude, that's so cool. I've never heard that story before. That is it's a long, dude. it's a long one because it's this is a lot of moving parts that a year ago none of it was in place, none of it was in motion. And now we get to from March to October, and like all this stuff has happened. Um uh I think in part, you know, that that externship program wouldn't have existed with, without COVID. Um, so in part, COVID created an opportunity for me to do something that I probably wouldn't have been able to do. Um, so, you know, there's a silver lining in everything. Of course, you know, I was, yeah, it sucked that I couldn't be around people. It sucked that we couldn't hang out and, you know, people are getting sick all over the country. It was, it was, it was a terrible to, to, to experience that over the summer. But at the same time, there was opportunities that I felt that I was in the right place and I could take advantage of. So, yeah, it's 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 a crazy story. And, you know, when I get a chance to tell it, it's always like I always listening to myself talk about it. It's like, wow, like a lot of stuff had to happen and go right for that to end up happening. It, dude, it's a great story. That's why I wanted to have you on here, man. I wanted to hear this. Um, I know we got to meet once before the pandemic. I remember when you came into the WMA and sat with Costa. I remember we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I remember that. Um, but yeah, most of the time we've been working together has been online. So I know since I've known you, or at least worked with you, you've been grinding, man. You've just been like nose to the grindstone doing what you're doing. So I don't know. I've always, people like you, I'm like, they always get it somehow. Like you said, man, like stars aligned, like that happens when you got your nose to the grindstone. So if you, I want to ask you this, man, if there was like a college student, sophomore, junior, maybe somebody who's in a position where they just don't have something right now, what would you recommend they do um, to get experience and try to land that, that job like you did? Well, if, if we're speaking specifically in the in this wealth field, I definitely say the externship, it's a program that's going to exist even when things are back in person. I think the FPA sees a lot of value in that and they're going to keep doing that. And I do it before they start charging for it because there's a lot of value there. And I really hope they don't. Um, I really hope they don't because that's a great way for somebody who's a college student or even like graduated trying to transition careers we had everybody from grad students to high school students on there so it was it was great i'd say for those who are i think this applies to any major any field 
find ways you can do the work and say you've done it before asking someone else to give you the opportunity. Hmm. If it's if it's you taking a leadership position in a, in a student group and putting on an event or putting together a, a case a, a case workshop or doing something where it shows, hey, I'm studying, but I'm also applying what I'm learning and I'm not asking for a dime. That's, and I know that's like a steep ask for kids who are basically living in poverty for four years, you know, <laughs> trying to make ends meet. Um, some of us more than others. And trust me, I know, I know how that goes. Um, but that's going to be a big look. I know that's, that's when things change for me. You know, I did the externship for free. And that's the main thing we talked about during my interviews is that I put in the work before somebody was willing to give me the opportunity to do so. That shows that this isn't just something I've signed up to do. This is something that I want to do. And I'll do it for free before you pay me. That speaks volumes about your passion, about your drive. Um, and look for those opportunities. Um, look within your own community. Call around. You never know who's hiring. Hey, we can only give you 20 hours a week, but you can manage these 10 clients or you can, um, you know, come do some back office stuff for us, whatever, you know, it's a great look. Uh, do what you can, you know, don't overextend yourself because I know what that looks like, but definitely if it's within your wheelhouse to get that done and, and put that out there, definitely do that. That's awesome, man. That's such a, that's such a great answer. Um, I know when we first like founded the Spartan journal, cause that's what we did is we founded it about six months ago. Like it was something I don't, I don't know. Have you ever written before? Let me ask you that. Have you ever written at that capacity ever before? Uh, you know, no, uh, never, not, not that consistently. No, no. I've, I've probably put a couple things out here or there, but that was the most I had consistently written ever. That's awesome. See, I, I guess I should have mentioned this earlier to anybody who isn't familiar, but Oscar is the director of recruitment right now on our e-board. But Oscar started on the Spartan Journal and helped co-found. He was a, one of our OG writers on the Spartan Journal. And dude, we had a flood of applicants last spring um, after Oscar wrote some great stories and inspired all these guys. And I'm expecting the same next semester. So it's it's incredible. So like on that note, man, it seems like you're always inspiring and mentoring a lot of young Spartans here on campus uh, through like the Evans Scholars or when we've worked together at WMA. So, dude, how, how do you find do, time to do that, man? Where do you draw that inspiration from? Uh, man, that that's something, that's one of those things that I do for free because I was going to do it anyway. You know, like, nice. you know, you find certain stuff like I need, like you need to carve out some serious time if I'm going to do something. But that's something where it's like, if there's an opportunity to inspire, if there's an opportunity to mentor, I'll do it. I'll take the like, I don't care if you're older, younger, whatever, I'll do it. And I think where, where, that, where that comes from for me is it goes all the way back to, it goes all the way back to my freshman year of high school. Um, my freshman year of high school, there was this kid named Garrett Fulby who you know, he went to Michigan, no love lost, but that was my, uh, that was my, one of my best friends and one of my first friends, actually my first friend coming into high school. He was a year older than me 
and we both actually played saxophone in the band. And he he sought me out after like a day or two. I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anybody. And he just kind of brought me along. Let me let me hang out with the older kids. Told me, you know, the ins and outs and just kind of he was somebody that started as a mentor, but is now like a very close friend. Um, he wished me happy birthday and we talked maybe three or four times a week. So him looking out for me when, when if he hadn't, I might've ended up doing some other things. He didn't do it for any, he didn't do it for any other reason than out of, out of the kindness of his heart. So I've kind of adopted, you know, that right there kind of started this thing where I've adopted this mentality that what is the point of being in leadership? What is the point of learning? What is the point of going through trials and tribulations if you aren't going to tell the person behind you how to avoid the bumps in the road? You know, if I figured out the map, if I can draw the map out, I can turn around to the person behind me and show them the map. Like it's, it's, it's selfish to keep it for myself. You know, there's people who are ahead of me who've done the same for me. Who am I not to turn around and do the same for others? Um, so I think that I, I get a lot of joy from seeing people avoid pitfalls and that avoidance leads to more immediate success. I'm always happy to see those who have come behind me find success faster than I found it. Like, I'm like, that's, that's the point. Like, that's good. Like, like some people say like, oh, don't you get jealous? Like, no, no. Like, I want you to be better than me, faster than me. Like, that's, that's the whole point. So when you get to your, when you get to here, or even now, you can turn around and make that person better than you, faster than you. And we have this line of people, we're creating leadership within our organizations. And that's what I do for Evan Scholars. That's what I hope to do for WMA. Um, this is what I've tried to do. I mean, I've been a caddy for the past six years on the golf course. Whenever I see these young caddies out here screwing around, I try to give them like, hey, you know, like, I, I, can't, I can't get too deep into what happens at the golf course. It's, it's, a crazy, it's a crazy space. But, you know, when I see some people screwing around, it's like, look, man, if you want to stick around, you, you might have to clean that up. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's where that philosophy comes from. That's incredible, man. This is what I'm talking about. This is I get inspired by you, man. Like every time I talk to you, stuff like that. That's that's so cool, man. That is awesome. It's been it's been great. So you have been making some awesome content on social media that's like exposing people who might have never been interested in investing before to investing, man. So it's kind of the same question as before, but man, what started that? What was the inspiration to get started on that? Yeah, okay. So I think the there's a combination between is a combination of that desire to help others and then my interest in financial markets and, and finances in general. So I, I combine the two and of course I selfishly want to grow my Instagram, like of course. Um, but I think the content was inspired a little bit by the, the uh, being on the news team course I was putting stuff out for the news team and I enjoyed writing but I was at first I was thinking about doing a blog I know I had talked to you about that but I knew with the job I was starting I wouldn't be able to keep it up um so I had a little bit more freedom 
with the Instagram content. So I figured it would be a great opportunity to utilize an Instagram platform that when I started already had about 900 something followers. So I'm like, I already have a following here. I have a lot of knowledge. I think one thing that a lot of people like me and you don't understand is something that we might think is very basic knowledge is a foreign language to somebody else. Like our basic building blocks for knowing, you know, investing and, and, and life planning, it, right over somebody's head, you know what I'm saying? So sometimes we overvalue the knowledge we have. So if we simplify it and it's like, hey, just teaching somebody what equity is, what a stock is, what an ETF is, what investing means, investing strategies, just teaching them the basic building blocks, we're helping the community by taking the information that we might take for granted, right? And I also think that one thing that plagues the community, like three things that people never talk about is how to raise their children, their sex life, and their finances. That's three things people never talk about. Finances should not, I mean, money makes the world go round. There's no reason why we should be acting like money is such a taboo conversation, especially how to make money, right? So I think that that, that culture and the barriers that we have in financial knowledge keep a lot of people from getting to the next level, right? So I wanted to create Instagram content to, to help people get to the next level, to help people, you know, I want people to come back to me and say, you know, I had a buddy who we had an hour drive back home. He asked me all the way there what an option was, what a stock was. He like asked me a whole bunch of questions. He's like, I'm sorry, bro. I keep asking like, no, 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 no. Cause you're helping me out. Cause I say stuff and I'm like, wait, does that make sense? I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm getting my knowledge up. So he learned during that car ride, I think, was it a week ago? He texted us group chat and he was like, guys, I made $600 off my first option. And I'm like, I lost money for six months in <laughs> options before I made anything. But that's the thing. I want him to be better than me, faster than me. He shouldn't have to lose money because I lost money. So now I'm telling him how to get it, you know, how to do it right. I couldn't figure out, wait, 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 wait. We don't buy when the S&P 500 is at its all-time high. We, we just don't do that. So um, it was, it was, it, it's, it's all that, like, trying to help people get better than me, faster than me, using what I already know. Wow. Dude, that is incredible. I know, man. I tried to trade options here. I took like advanced, I don't know, you in finance 414 right now, advanced business. Like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I took that last semester and I took like a coding class. And yeah, like the whole semester, I was like, oh, I know how to, you know, run models on options, bro. Yeah, down for two months straight. I'm like, all right, I've given up on this one. Yeah, knowledge <laughs> and application are two very different things. Bro, so well said, dude. So well said. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that social media content and like, yeah, stuff on Instagram. It's so important too, man. Cause like, I know blogs, like now, like you said, we're into this, we're in the finance sphere and like, I'm going to read a blog. You're going to read a blog, but like 90% of those followers you're talking about probably won't read a blog, but they're going to watch your Instagram story. Like that's something that can make a real impact on students who would have never seen it before. It's, it's incredible. So do you have any uh, advice, man, for anybody who wants to follow in your footsteps? Maybe create content, like not, not investing space, but any kind of financial literacy content. Um, I'd say the most important thing is the first thing you're, you're going to put out is going to suck. It's going to be bad. 
and you won't know it's bad until you've made 10 new ones and you look and you look back and it's like wow that was pretty bad but remember it's going to be bad to you they won't know especially if you're talking about something you know about they don't know the difference you know so you know you could tell somebody the max roth ira contribution is twelve thousand dollars they're like okay like sure <laughs> like they don't they don't know the difference so just be confident in it if it's something that you really want to do just do it like there's nothing more there's nothing that's going to teach you better than getting your feet wet you can read books about it you can look at somebody else and all you want but getting your feet wet is going to tell you really you know what the temperature of the pool is you know what i'm saying so you can look at it all day but you actually got to go out and do it i'd say um work with what you know first, you know, if Snapchat is your thing, record your stuff on Snapchat. If TikTok is your thing, get to know TikTok. I despise TikTok for the longest. Then I'm like, dude, if I want to make these videos, I kind of got to use TikTok. Like if I want to do it, how I want to do it. And I like finally learned it. And now I actually like it because I've figured it out and I've used it in a way that I like to do it. And if you're, if your thing is Instagram, you know, shout out Nate Jefferson. Nate Jefferson doesn't sugarcoat anything. He just hops on, turns his camera on and talks. Mad respect to him. So do what you know. Don't overcomplicate it. It doesn't have to, you don't have to know Adobe, this and that. Just do something simple. If you want to write, write. If you want to do a video, do a video. Podcasts are super easy to make. Like whatever you want to do, don't overdo it. Um, and, and be confident in it and understand. I think one thing that I always talk about is the law of large numbers. The more reps you put out, the closer you're going to get to getting better. That's all that is. Like you put one thing out, it's like hit or miss. But you put 10 things out, 20 things out, 50, 100, you're going to keep reaching an audience and the audience is going to grow and it's going to get better. It's going to get better. And you're going to slowly approach, emphasis on slowly, but you're going to slowly approach, you know, what your, what your visions are for it. Um, and I think finally, have an idea of what you want it to be. It might not look like it now, but have some sort of destination. It doesn't have to be outlined in pen. It can be in pencil, so it can be erased and rewritten. But have some sort of destination marked out that you're trying to go towards. Because if you're just kind of doing stuff and spinning your wheels, you're more likely to quit if it doesn't look like it's going the way you want it to go. But if you have a destination, you always have somewhere to put your eyes when things are getting kind of shaky. Incredible, dude. Having a goal, right, man? What can yeah. you do if you don't have a goal? Dude, yeah. I so um I know when we started this, I I can't agree to that to that point, man. Like I it's painful for me to listen to some of the first episodes of this podcast when I was interviewing. <laughs> I'm like hearing myself speak. I'm like, God, what are you doing? But going back and doing those reps in, I like to, I'm an, I like, I'm not an athlete, but like I came from, you know, like thinking in that athlete mindset of like reps, mm -hmm. man, like the first free throw you shoot, you're like, I just played basketball the first time in three months. I airballed every jump shot, but like, got to go out there. You got to shoot the free throws. You got to get better and better. And you're like, just like your body, your mind will get better over time with those reps, dude. So got to get shots up. Got to. Dude. Absolutely. Um, this is awesome, man. This has been fantastic. In, in closing here. Anything we didn't cover today that you want to tell WMA members, Broad Spartans, anybody who's listening, um, that you know any knowledge that you've learned over the way that you want to share with uh, our listeners? Um, I think the only thing that I want to leave everybody with is 
the value of being authentic and being yourself. I know this sounds cheesy and I know every person who's come up in front of you to talk and inspire you has said, be yourself. But I think, you know, if you think about road, if you think about college, you know, you got 200, 300, 400 people at a time taking the same exact schedule from the same exact professors, learning the same exact material, right? And it's kind of like the, a bit of a conditioning almost, you know, it's not on purpose because you can't, you can't give this breadth and of, of options, but there's a bit of a conditioning that happens where people start to think they got to be like other people and, and they want to emulate other people's success. And they want to be like them. Those people got that way because that's who they were. You can't be the, the light version of somebody else. Mm. You can't. The one asset that you will always have over anybody else is no one will ever be able to have you and be you the way you can be you no one will ever that's the only like i can't even think of any other asset that you have that anybody can do better no one i can never be justin better than justin and justin can never be oscar better than me it just can't happen so utilize that asset be comfortable with that asset and yourself will take you as far as you're willing to take it and i know that sounds crazy and i know that sounds cheesy but you will carry yourself so far if you just be yourself and that's that's it for me drop the mic man that's it oscar <laughs> thanks for being here man it's it's been a pleasure working with you dude i you know can't wait to see uh what, what's to come yeah man it's it's been a pleasure um since that first that first meeting we had and to think geez a year later here we are on the podcast news team e-board all this stuff and and we're about to wrap it up but you know, this is just the end of one chapter. So let's, uh, let's keep it going, man. That's it. To the moon, man. To the moon. To the moon. <laughs> if you liked what you just heard, please like, comment, and share. This is Vincent Pacillo, producer of the MSU WMA podcast. MSU WMA, or Michigan State University Wealth Management Association, is a student organization part of the Eli Broad College of Business located in East Lansing, Michigan. Our mission is to inspire and educate the next generation of financial planners. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please check out our channel on all platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcast. And check out our social media at MSUWMA and MSUWMA.com.